Hello, everybody. You are listening to another episode of Atomic Shot. I am your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Iggy, and joining me is Chief Godzillaologist, Tyler. Tyler, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Uh, before we start today's episode, Ben, uh, we should probably have a three-hour board meeting and accomplish absolutely nothing. Well, no, we should have a meeting to then discuss something, then to have a meeting to discuss that thing we just discussed, and then, init- then have another meeting on how we should initiate that thing we just planned in the meeting two meetings ago. That's what we should do. I think we should have a meeting about the meeting, 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 and it goes on for three hours. And then we need to have a meeting about whether or not we should have a press conference, and then we need to have a meeting on how the press conference actually went. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then it goes on for four hours, and then Godzilla kills, destroys the city. Um, <laughs> so let, ladies and gentlemen, this is technically the final episode of Atomic Shot. Anything after this is like new content so I, I this is why i consider this the final episode um just because this is the this is the last movie toho made um so even though we did the monsterverse films this is like it, this feels like the a proper finale um so the the next godzilla versus kong and then godzilla singular point will be a bonus things but this is as far as i as far as i'm aware the show's over after this so either way, this is Shin Godzilla. This is uh, was released. Uh, this was arguably, uh, it's arguably the most critically acclaimed Godzilla movie since '54. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's a uh, even it's still poignant to this day, as we discussed in the the watch along. Yes, which will be live by the time this goes out. So I'll probably post or don't remember or it was you know stuff like that back in twenty two thousand eleven. Uh, Japan was hit with devastating earthquakes, namely in uh, the Fukushima Daiichi. News that the Japanese Prime Minister uh, wants to release the water that they had, I guess the water that became radioactive. Uh, Not initially, but the plan is to eventually release that water into the ocean again. um, Because apparently it's been stored in tanks. So funny enough, it's just been in the news. Uh, It's uh, just recently... I'll go show you that radioactivity is nothing to fuck around with, as we know from watching these Godzilla movies since for the better part of ten months. For better or for worse. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is so. Let's go ahead and run down the gamut. Uh, this is directed by Hideki Anno, um, who may, you may know he is the uh, creator of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, that's pretty and and that's pretty much his big claim to fame. Uh, also co-directed by Shinji Higuchi. Um, this is produced by Minami Ichikawa, Taichi Ueda, Yoshiro Sato, Masaya Shibusawa, Kazutoshi Wadukura. Written by Hideki Anno. Uh, starring Hiroki Hasegawa, Yutaka Takinuchi, and Satomi Ishihara. Music by Shiro Saguchi. With cinematography by, cinematography by Kosuke Yamada. Uh, this was, uh, funny enough, it was produ- edited by Atsuki Sato and Hideki Anno, so he pretty much had his hands in everything in this. Uh, this was released uh, in, in, in uh, for some reason, I guess it was a premiere. It was premiered in, in Tokyo on July 5th, 2016, and officially released worldwide, uh, not worldwide, in Japan uh, on July 29th, 2016, with a runtime of 120 minutes. Um, uh, according to U.S., it had a, bod- it had a uh, at least according to U.S. dollars, it had a box office of fifteen million dollars and a uh, budget of fifteen million dollars with a box office of approximately seventy-eight million dollars, which is pretty substantial. So, Shin Godzilla. <laughs> I feel like if we recap the entire movie, we'll be here for three hours. So we're not gonna do that. We're kind of we're kind of we're gonna kind of breeze through it. But I think we're just gonna break it down this time versus recapping the story because I think it's far more interesting that way. Yeah. So let, let's break it. Let's, let's let's just talk about the story, Tyler. This I think it's safe to say that this movie is the best acted Godzilla movie since what night? Would you say it's the best acted since the '54, or would you say that there have been other performances throughout the decades that we've seen now live up to uh, live uh, live up to this? Uh, in terms of uh, performances. Uh... It's kind of a hard call because uh, every Godzilla movie is different. Uh, they usually go for like different themes, and uh, some are definitely goofier than others. And uh, how they turn in their performances for uh, what tone they're trying to set 
it's uh it's kind of hard to pinpoint honestly uh i would say if we're going for the drama angle this is probably the best acted uh in terms of uh dramatical godzilla films at the very least it definitely captures I would the spirit so, yeah. of yeah, like it, because it, it, it feels like every generation has like the, their their Godzilla, right? For a, like that encapsulates the fears of the time. So fifty four was the nuclear age, eighty five, obviously the reboot of the Heisei era. That was sort of like the threat of more, even more threat of nuclear threat, except this time by Soviet Russia and the United States. And of course, this is like the Godzilla for our time. Where it's fitting both a, a, a reflection on both governmental policy on natural disasters, and then are just in, in human like as we've said throughout this entire show, Godzilla is a force of nature. He's like a hurricane. Once he gets going, most more than likely he's not going to stop unless he gets tired or something else stops him. Um, yeah. So I think Godzilla in, in in this day and age, he's the embodiment, at least in this version, he's the embodiment of our fears of natural disasters. Because once you, what can you can't like, as we see later in the movie, just to kind of go into it a little bit, um, you know, Godzilla, uh, nothing hurts this thing except for like one thing, and we'll we'll get into that more later. But um, as for, as for performances, I I think it's the best. I think like Bialanti had some good performances. Like there's been, I think there's been some good performances, but in in terms of acting. In terms of because this this movie plays itself very seriously. There is no Godzilla may look stupid at times, but or not stupid, but different. I should say. Yeah, that's they play word. it. Yeah, they play it one hundred percent straight, just like they did in nineteen fifty four. And even though they're dealing with a like, this is what I talk like. I, I feel like people need to understand when people say we want to do a grounded take on it. I feel like this is like a good grounded take on a Godzilla movie where. The he's fantastical, but the people acting t- around him are treating him like something that would be substantial and real. And how would that process be like? Um, namely, the our main character is Rando uh, Yaguchi, played by Hiroki Hasegawa. He's basically our main character. Um, let's call, talk, let's talk about him for a bit. Um, how did like obviously like this? This is more of an ensemble cast, but he kind of takes the lead. So he's kind of like. Uh, a rogue politician, uh, not rogue, not rogue, but like a politician. He he wants to he wants to be a rebel. He wants to shake things up. Like you hear you hear so many times here in the U.S. In, in the United States, he wants to cause trouble from within, and he's constantly fighting with his superiors about what's the proper way to do things. And he's kind of thrusted into basically taking the the command position uh, in this movie. Yeah, pretty much. Uh... He's pretty much uh, the only guy in the government that has like a modicum of a conscience, when uh, as opposed to all these uh, all these old motherfuckers that uh, try to say, that try to say like, "Hey, we should do this. We should talk about this for the next five hours. How are we going to deal with this? I don't know." Yeah, um, and I, I think there's a sense of related. I think the actor. Um, uh, Hiroki has a, uh, Hiroki. I think there is a sense of like he. I have watched this both in English and Japanese, and we'll mostly be talking about the Japanese performances. But I will. I think I can safely say this: if you watch it in English, you're not doing yourself a disservice. The dub is actually really good um, because it's done by Funimation people, so professional voice actors. So if you think of like like what we've watched, <laughs> the old Godzilla stick, the the 70s and 80s, and even some of the 90s movies. Uh, it's nothing like that. It's actually good performances this time. Yeah, all the Funimation actors turn in really good performances. Todd Habercorn as the main guy definitely nails it. Definitely, like you could totally believe that's him speaking. Um, but as for uh, as for the Japanese performance, like I think, I think to me the strength of like how well your story is, and especially if it's a foreign film, if I can like, if I can understand what the character's going through. Based on how like their facial features, their body expressions, this guy puts so much effort into like small things, like how he handles himself. Like he really gives him, like he makes him feel like a real character who's handling all these threats. And he, like he, if you could tell, he has the weight of the world, but he, he, he can't sit down to 
he can't stop to realize that's what he's doing. He just keeps going forward because like I can't think about that right now. I got to think about this next thing to get to our next goal to stop Godzilla. Um, so yeah, uh, he is joined by other people, but I feel like he, I honestly think he alone carries the movie. There are other people who like the other performances aren't bad by any means. Um, but I feel like he's the, he's like the sword. He's the point. He's the one you want to, it's basically him versus Godzilla at the end of the, at the end of the day. Yeah. He's pretty much um, the epicenter of, uh, the, the whole disaster going around in Tokyo at the time. Pretty much. Um, and I, I, I found honest, I honestly found it thought provoking, um, with that, especially, I think one of my favorite scenes is when they, uh, after Godzilla, uh, makes landfall for the first time and they're in, I guess the ruins, I can't remember which district it was. Um, and he's kind of citing the damage and you can see him like visibly upset that like we were in fucking meetings while this, while we did nothing while this thing rampaged through this through this through the city. Yeah, man, it's definitely thought provoking and horrifying. Yeah, so um I will say I think his counterpoint, uh Kayoko uh and Patterson, uh we'll talk about her next cuz she's kind of like the shield to his sword. Um uh she is played by Satomi Ishihara. She is not she is Japanese. She's in this char- her character is a Japanese American diplomat. Apparently, I would assume based on how the fact that her last name is Ann Patterson, her dad is American. Uh, her dad is, a, as a, in this, I guess, in this world, a very prestigious American politician. And her mother is Japanese, so he might have been a Japanese diplomat and married a woman here. Um, fucking weeb. <laughs> um, hey man, he's living so, the dream. Yeah. Um, so. Um, so basically she is the so as things progress in the story where Shin Godzilla or Godzilla itself is seemingly uh like ta- the, the the Japanese uh government can't seem to stop this thing the US has decided like hey fuckers we're going to get involved because you know we have interest in Asia because we want to flex do. our bombs yo yeah so she's pretty much there as like the la- the liaison between the uh, the Japanese government and hers, and I honestly think like my favorite mom, like in terms of dialogue, my favorite moments, a lot of my favorite moments from this movie from the human perspective, is between Yaguchi and uh, Kayoko. Yeah, and something that uh, we didn't notice when we were watching the English dub for the watch along, uh, if you watch this film in Japanese, uh, she actually does uh, speak uh, some English words for confidentiality reasons, and. I totally didn't realize that that was a thing when we were commenting on it, and I thought that was funny. Yeah, which is odd, but because I would ex- like, does she remind me? Does she say that in front of the politicians, the Japanese politicians, or is it just like, like in front of uh, Gyuguchi and his people? I figured like like I maybe I'm wrong, but I would assume that if you're like a high level Japanese um, official. You would know some kind of English, but maybe you know, maybe not. <laughs> I guess I guess I would be expecting like some U.S. politicians. They probably to didn't know take Sonic's voice, uh, Sonic's voice actors' uh, English lessons. Probably. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I honestly think my favorite scene from this movie. Um, so just jumping a little ahead a little bit, but uh, there comes a point where it looks like Shin Godzilla. Uh, I keep calling it Shin Godzilla, but that's it's. It's like Shinakuma, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, what does Shin mean? Do you know? It means like godlike, doesn't it? Or something like that? Something or other. I always thought it meant super, but it's Cho for super. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, one thing that ha- one of my favorite scenes in this movie is between, like I said, between Kayoko and, and Yaguchi. And it's when the United States, after an attack, after basically Godzilla wrecks Tokyo, um, and uh like in uh, like again i don't want to go into that we'll go into godzilla more in a minute but uh there's a discussion about okay look this fucking thing is destroying everything and it could basically leave japan at this point um it's a threat to the world now so the u.s has decided to drop a nuclear bomb on uh on japan and obviously we've seen this before back in godzilla 85 where the soviet union and the united states decided 
um, look, if you don't fucking take care of this thing, we will fucking drop a nuke on it. And of course, like you have to like, or they were basically asking Japan to drop, have them have a nuke dropped on them, which is like, God, that's so fucking ballsy. Um, and, uh, and of course here, the U S is basically like on a time clock. You have like, I think it was like two weeks. Uh, yeah, like it was they, like 15 they, they don't days, even, I think. Yeah. They don't even tell like the Japanese public. They tell like exactly what's going on. They just tell Japanese public, like they tell very select Japanese officials, like you need to evacuate these people now, and um, only through like some back channel thing, I think uh, Kayoko learns about it, and she has a very powerful scene with uh, with Yakuchi where she kind of like she she basically says, "I can't I, sh- I can't allow like the the idea of having a third bomb uh, dropped on my home, uh, similar to the one like my grand like like she basically says her grandmother." saw the first, I think, well, I can't remember exactly which one it was, um, saw the, uh, either, uh, uh Nagasaki or Hiroshima, but, like, j- like, and, and, like, I, when I first saw this back, like, two years ago, I was like, oh my god, because I hadn't seen 85 at this point, like, like, how fucked up do you have to be to ask this country that had two bombs dropped on them that devastated, um, uh, that, that was, the, the, it's, it's nation, and, like, you know, we've seen there's there's animated movies on the devastation of those bombs, and to like even though this is a fictional world, like knowing what a nuclear bomb would do to Tokyo and to Japan, like that, like 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 I like I started to cry the first time I saw it because it's just like she she just felt weak because for the most part, Kyoko is very strong, very very smart. She's clearly like both English dub and Japanese dub. She's like they're <coughs> sorry. There's a nice wit to her, um, but like I like that scene because there's a sense of vulnerability because it obviously has become a bigger situation that she can manage, and the fact that she basically has to send a death note, pardon pardon the use of phrase, to Yaguchi saying that the U.S. wants to drop a bomb on you. Yeah, it's something that no one wants to verbally say or do, uh, especially when you consider. Uh the uh, Nagasaki and uh, Hiroshima bombs uh, and the hell that those people went through. Like, you don't want right. to repeat history like that. No. Like, I get it, last resort, but like, fuck, man. Fuck new. Seriously, f- there's one thing you can take away from this pot, from this show. Fuck nuclear weapons. Like, seriously, like, god damn it. Fuck um, nukes. What, I think, I, I, yeah, I think Oppenheimer um, said it best, like, uh, and lo and behold, I have become the, the horseman of death, you know? Like, it's there. Um, so, but, like, I, it's such a powerful moment. And I think moments like that, um, where, like, you get to, like, even though they're being attacked by a giant radioactive dinosaur or lizard, they never, I can't remember exactly what Godzilla is in this one. Uh, <coughs> fish? Maybe it's a fish? I don't know. That's um, a lot of fish. It's, aqua- it's ex- exactly. Um, it's an aquatic creature. Uh, like, even though it's, like, weird and fantastical, like, it's those moments that, like, pardon the word, ground you, that make you believe in what's going on. Um, and I honestly think more people should understand the term grounded versus just jumping at people's throats for it. So, I, uh, I want to talk about another character before moving, moving on. Uh, I want to talk about the Prime Minister, uh, of, of Japan. Uh, the first Prime Minister, because yeah, he doesn't, the, um... Yeah, the first prime minister, uh, played by Ren Osuge, whose uh, profile picture on Google is badass. He like looks cool and everything. Um, so uh, I like I understand like we said, fuck politicians, but at the same time, you know, like I really felt bad for him in a lot of situations. Yeah, he was in, thrust in a really shitty situation. Like being a leader. Uh, of people, whether willingly or or against it, is like the ha- one of the hardest things anyone can do. It's not easy. Not everyone can be a leader, and I like that. In the, like they showed like this that this guy was uncertain, and like considering the situation, of course he's going to be uncertain. What do you do in this situation? What are the pro? There are no protocols for a giant monster raging through your city. There's nothing. Yeah, there's no in case of Godzilla attack button laying around anywhere. This is the first time they've ever seen something like this in this continuity. Right, and I, and I like that. Like he's he struggled. I, I I honestly think it humanizes him a lot because <laughs> the easy thing. I mean, 
the movie already villainizes the politicians enough as it is without making them too evil, but just by the nation the notion of what they're doing. Exaggerated or not. <clears throat> but I like that um they didn't like out they could have easily made him like ah fuck the people ah this and that well I, i'm concerned about the buildings and no like you could see him anguish over like every single decision of whether to attack godzilla whether to uh, like basically uh, like tell the public like that's the big thing right should we even tell the public something like this is going on because if you tell the public of course it's going to scare people similar to the uh the covid uh covid last year like do we do we even tell people like something like this is going on, um, um, so like, I, I liked I liked this this uh, I liked his role as a leader that struggled in the situation. I know that was a lot to get out, but my dad just texted me, so I apologize. Yeah, he's definitely uh, he's definitely human in his portrayal. Like, uh, there's a scene where uh, they're intercepting Godzilla with uh, attack helicopters. And all he has to do is initiate the command to fire at him. But as soon as they see, like, a couple of old people crossing the way, uh, he's like, no, call off the attack. We have to help those people. And, uh, yeah, uh, you re- you can really tell that he really does care about the public. Yeah, he wants to do what's best for his country. And I know it's, especially for us, I mean, Japan probably has its own fair share of shithole politicians like they're no different from us they're people they're human beings with corrupt desires you know let's not let's not idolize japan like some people do but i i do again it's nice to see a politician even though it's fictional struggle with something that's you know like in an in in an unwinnable situation unfortunately he dies um and like and i it's a breath of fresh air honestly yeah um i unfortunately he dies and i still remember that moment when he and his entire cabinet basically get taken out by godzilla's uh, atomic breath in like one shot and I li- I still remember the first time I watched it because I was like are they going to get away oh god are they going to get away and then bam it's like oh, it's just so sudden um, or like I felt it because like, he's just gone like that um, it, I think and, and you really feel the loss of his leadership of his leadership in the second half of the movie when he's gone um, it's 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 a noticeable void um, so um, <clears throat> I want to so obviously we're kind of being like let's let's talk about the tone because this i i feel like this movie is kind of all over the place in tone don't you would you am I, is that a fair assessment tyler sometimes yeah that sounds about right uh there it definitely takes itself seriously for the most part but at, on the other side of the spectrum you get like goofy lines like uh you're uh, you're basically uh, the top tier losers, freaks, geeks, all that. Yeah, just weird lines like that. Yeah, so like most, like again, it's most of the movie is melancholy, like very somber, a big sense of dread. It's it's like, mm, uh, to quote Pippin from Lord of the Rings, it's like waiting on the edge of battle. You know, like um, it's like that pit in your stomach. It's like it has that pit in your stomach of like something bad's gonna happen. I don't want to be here for it, but I gotta be here for it. Um, it's like every day I go to work. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but like there are moments like there, there are, luckily there are moments of levity, namely coming from, uh, Yaguchi and is not Yaguchi. Um, that's, that's from the Netflix series. Uh, no, it is Yaguchi. Yeah. Yaguchi. Yeah. Um, there, are, no, yeah. Was Yaguchi the name of the act, the character from the Netflix show? I think. I think it was uh, Tatsumi, something similar. Okay, like I could that. be wrong. We'll have to look that up later. Um, it, um, yeah, that'd be crazy if it, if it was. Um, but like, there are moments of humor. He's probably his descendant. Yeah, uh, there are mo- there are moments of humor in this, namely because uh, Yaguchi kind of like gets sick and tired of the government after witnessing the devastating attack of the fir- when Godzilla makes landfall for the first time. Uh, he basically assembles his a ragtag team of like what does he call them? Outsiders, losers, misfits. You know, basically like um, like you have the Justice League, and then Batman has his outsiders, which is basically the people who like the Justice League doesn't want, but Batman can use them. So um, like and, and but like and it's always like, like snappy liners or stuff like that, or like it's always it's kind of jovial while they're also dealing with this problem until it be, until Godzilla attacks Tokyo. That is. 
But how did you feel about that? Like how sometimes it would be like super serious and then you would get like the the meetings of like intensity. Okay, got to move this camera this way. We got to show this this way. Um I feel like uh I think it uh I think it humanizes uh the characters a little bit. Like uh not everything is all completely deadpan serious all the time. Um like everyone has to like throw in a about a joke or two for the sake of levity and uh, if if you have a movie that's just uh completely deadpan serious the entire time, you're just gonna feel depressed. So you may as well just uh you might as well just uh, have it liven it up, I suppose. Yeah, I mean I mean Gojira is pretty much what you're describing. That movie is very depressing, like there's no levity at all. But I mean like I, I that was back in then and they were that was obviously with a very specific mission statement. Um, you know, uh, so th- that warrants that. But like, like little moments, like when they tell Yaguchi, like you, you haven't changed clothes in like three days, dude. Go home and take a shower or something. You know, like moments like that. It reminds us that the characters are human, um, and it reminds us that uh, that like even in the stressful times, that like you gotta laugh. You gotta you gotta find you gotta find some. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Upside, uh, some upside in the situation at hand. Maybe hard to find that, and sometimes you won't find it. But um, I, but I feel like they do a good job of showing that, uh, showing that. Like especially another permanent moment after Godzilla attacks Tokyo, um, Yakuji is just like mad. He just went like he's bleed. Like he's he was in he was in Tokyo when it was attacked, but luckily he only got away with like a, it, uh, like a like some bleeding, maybe stuff like that. But he wasn't severely hurt. He goes like, "Have you?" Sl-? And like his uh, partner, uh, uh, this I guess one of his uh, higher up buddies, is like, "Are you all right, man? Have you have you been sleeping?" And like Yaguchi's like, "I'm fine. I, I don't need to go to the hospital. Other people were hurt than me, you know. Trying to put on a trying to put on a brave face, you know. I understand that." And then like Yaguchi gets like a like like they tell Yaguchi like, "Well, we we have to do this amount of days. We can't. We don't have the resources." And Yaguchi gets like legit mad, and he's like. You know, we have to do something, you know, getting angry. As, as That's not a wrong emotion to feel, but I like that his his buddy was like, hey man, here's the water. Fucking chill. You can't do anything right now. Just relax. We'll take care of this. And I, I like that moment because it's like a calming down moment. It's kind of funny, but also like it, it also tells Yaguchi to like, dude, we got this, man. Yeah, sometimes you just can't go at everything full throttle. You have to take the time to slow down. Yeah, somebody who does that at work, and you see, and I know you see it, Tyler. Um, I usually get burnt out at the end because I'm like, "Fuck, why did I do that?" But sometimes you just can't help it. So, but I, I like that because it, it definitely reflects how some people's work work that kid is work uh, work ethic. Um, as I can't say anything. Uh, I you know what I want to talk about? Who a character is like. God, he's so fucking cool, but he doesn't have a lot of screen time. That is uh, Hideki uh, Akasaka, who's played by um, Yutaka Takinochi. Um, he is kind of like the slender gentleman he would, he would hear every now and then, basically. Like, he's the one who tells Yaguchi, like, hey, man, maybe you shouldn't. Or, like, you, you should, like, he's kind of like Yaguchi's, like, um, not conscience, but, like, level-headed older, older brother, if I'm going to put any kind of sense to him. Yeah, that sounds about right. And like, and I like it because he's like, I kind of like it because him and Yaguchi, like I said, are like yin and yang. Um, Yaguchi is very much the rebel rouser, the trouble versus he's very much, we will follow what the government says, we will do it the, the proper way. And like my, and like for the most part, he's like a government drone and you can't really, it can't really relate to him because I'm like, dude, get the fuck out of the way, right? He's just being a stooge. But then he has like a really important pertinent moment where like, like, and I kind of like this scene because it, it, it kind of paints it paints a really beautiful picture. When he has a conversation with Yaguchi, I feel like it feels like when Yaguchi gets these scenes one on ones with people, it's just it's just amazing. Where he kind of breaks it down, like why, like because he is for the U.S. bombing Japan to get rid of Godzilla. Because he at this point, uh, Yaguchi's plan, which we'll get into a mo- which we'll get into later when we talk about Godzilla, um, it's like had not fi- had not finalized. So, um, obviously, he's gonna go full strength with the with the with Japan with the Prime Minister, and like this is what we have to do. So he kind of breaks it down to Yaguchi. I'm like, dude, the the yen is falling. In a couple, like we won't be able to pay back our loans. We're gonna be out of this and of that. We need 
Like we need, like we need to have, we need the U.S. to do this so they can have, they can support us after all this. Because if they if they don't support us, we're SOL. And I think they explain that extremely well in both the the Japanese dub and the American dub. For like, you kind of get the the bigger picture of what's going on. I'm like, how could you support bombing a country? And then when you look at it like that, like, okay, I still don't fucking agree with it, but I can see why you would do that. Like, it's it's the lesser of two evils, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, and, and like, and he doesn't have a lot of screen time, but I. That one fucking scene is is amazing. Um, there any other characters you wanted to talk about, Tyler? Uh, not in particular. Uh, all the other uh, kind of important characters are pretty much uh, Yaguchi's ragtag group of uh, ne'er do wells that figure out what makes Godzilla tick. Pretty much. So let's go and, ahead. Uh, they they pretty much don't have much in terms of character, honestly. No, the the most standout one is uh, Hiromi uh, Oshi o- o- Ogashira, who just she kind of has like a unique look to her, and she's like, but that's about it. She's kind of just there for like exposition about Godzilla and stuff like that. But she, it's just the way she talks, both the English and Japanese, though, that kind of gives her her uniqueness. Fortunately, it's just so. The, but hey, not every character has to be deep. You have your two. With Yaguchi and and Kyoko um, and Kayoko, so I think that's more than enough. And and of course the Prime Minister, may he rest in peace. Um, not the real Japanese Prime Minister; he's fine. I think they're fine. I don't know if it's a man or a woman that's the Japanese Prime Minister. Um, I'm not up to that. So um, let's talk about Godzilla itself. So unlike other Godzilla movies, where fifty, it's always fifty four first. Fifty four happens. And then this is like his return. In this one, there's never been... It was never a 1954 attack. Godzilla has never seen... Uh, we have never seen anything like this up until... I think this is... I think it's supposed to be like 20, 2015, Because this came out in 2015. So I would say I would say it was around the same time in, like in the movie time. It would be 2015. Yeah, that would make sense. So, um... I think it's safe to say that this is the most radically different Godzilla we've ever seen before. And we've seen a lot of versions of him. Yeah, uh, for one thing, this one has multiple forms, which is something that we haven't seen from Godzilla himself. Definitely other monsters, but not the big G. Yeah, so it kind of the movie basically opens up with, like, their number one, cool that fucking Japan has underwater tunnels. That's so badass. Um... Uh, like all of a sudden, fucking Sea Lab twenty twenty one. Yeah, all of a sudden these cars are driving, and then like blood just comes through the tunnel. That's like that's how you know your day is gonna be fucked, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm on my way to work, and blood comes on the fucking hood of my car. I'm like, oh god, and the, of course then we, well, guess I gotta call in. Yep. Hey, that's like, why'd you call in for work? Did you not see the news? The tunnel's flooded, and there's a giant monster out there. Um, so. Um, Godzilla, uh, uh, we see Godzilla's tail, we don't really get to see it at first, but we do see a tail, and, and, like, basically people posting, uh, viral images, I assume on Twitter, or, like, any kind of social media posts, about, like, a giant monster in the, in the bay. Even Yaguchi himself suggests it might be a large creature, and they're like, the fuck are you talking about, bro? It's, it can't be. Nothing's that big. That's stupid. Get that shit out of here. Yeah, um... So then, eventually, we are shown Godzilla's first form. Uh, well, technically, it's his second form because his first form would be the one that's underwater that we don't see. The second form we see is making its way on landfall, and holy shit, Tyler! What did you thoughts when you first saw this creature? I thought it was adorable in a kind of goofy way, but uh, in its own way, it's kind of scary to be honest. It is really horrifying. So basically, it's. Kind of like in the water, you don't really see, you don't see its head initially because it's like kind of buried under the water because they're trying to keep it a secret, uh, and you just see it kind of like go up the. I think it's like I don't know what you call it, a, a, a river canal, like that's in the city. And it's basically cars piling up uh, from its destruction. It's just kind of wading through. It's like a monster. It's like a it's like a beast just trying to get to its next piece of territory. It doesn't care what's in the way, and. Uh, uh, and out of a sudden, next we see his head come out, and he has the biggest eyes. You've, I think that's the first thing people notice is the big fucking eyes. 
Yeah, he's got, like, uh, googly eyes. Yeah, he's got googly eyes, but, like, the thing that really messes me up is, like, this how his skin is. It's, like, all... How would you describe how his skin is in this movie? Because it's definitely weird. Like, it's definitely uh, wrinkly. Like, uh, imagine if uh, you were over at the pool for, like, way too long and your skin gets super flabby. Uh, that's what I imagine that would be. But the the thing that unsettles me the most about it is that there's just blood coming out of his gills. Yeah. Like, constantly. Yeah. Radio, that's, that shit's gotta be radioactive. Um, yeah, it, it's, it, it's just, it's not doing anything. It's just walking through, swimming through this river part, causing destruction. Although there are points where it eventually starts to, like, want to climb up buildings. Like, more, more slither up buildings because it doesn't really have arms at this point. And you can see the hind legs kind of form. You can kind of see the the fins forming, but like it uses a building to prop itself up just to start to stand, and and then unfortunately it collapses under its own weight, um, and then it pretty much disappears into the ocean again. And then when we come back, then we see, um, the Godzilla that we uh, more familiar looking Godzilla. Yeah, this is uh, definitely. Uh... This is a really terrifying Godzilla design. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. So let's let's go to com- kind of combine the next two because the only differences between this form and the next form is that the next form is bigger and it doesn't have any. And its eyes are much more narrower. Yeah. Like I, having done this show, I would say to say like not even the 54 one just because of how goofy it looks to modern standards and like you know probably back in 54 that shit was terrifying, but like. Godzilla doesn't really scare me. Like, it's, you know, he's always cool. But, like, dude, the way this thing looks is, like, legit terrifying. Yeah, like a monster straight out of hell. Exactly, yeah. Um, it, what's it's, The fun fact for this movie, this is the first Toho-made Godzilla movie where it does not u- use suitmation. Um, so they wanted to, basically, they, apparently they did that was because they wanted to have do CGI so they can have the tail do whatever it wants without having the constraints of, you know, relying on a, on like a, um, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a body, on a suit. So, but they made it to, they did make it honestly to look like a, like it's a suit a bit with the texture kind of like the old Godzilla movies. Like, I feel like that's the, that's a nice little homage or, or do you think, or do you think that was otherwise? I think it's a nice little compromise, honestly. Yeah. Um, but like, so like, it's like, even though like, I know it's like, it's eyes are, are weird, but like just the fact that it's, it looks like it's basically bleeding out of every orifice on its body and it's probably in pain constantly. It's just like, it's, it's a horrifying thing to look at. Like what would Godzilla look like if he was real? Probably this fucking thing. Yeah. Right. Like, uh. I wouldn't be caught dead uh, seeing this thing in my uh, city block. Dude, if you saw that, you wouldn't sleep for years. Because you would only see that thing. Yeah, right. So, um, but, and it's also huge and they try to attack it and nothing happens. But I, I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, and, and even though like, like the, the big eyes are kind of like weird and the small arms are kind of like, oh, look, he has small arms. Dude, he still, it just still looks intimidating. But... It's the next form after he disappears and he comes back. It's the next form that kind of like solidifies the design. Um, how tall? Do you have on hand how tall this Godzilla is in this form? I know he was at the time he was the tallest. Uh, uh, I do remember uh, looking this up when we did the watch along. Uh, let me look up the exact number real quick. Yeah, and number one, while Todd's getting that, uh, they do a great job of giving you the sense of scale. Like, similar to the MonsterVerse, because like, that was the, really the first time you got to see Godzilla, like, comparatively big to, like, these other to these other buildings versus in um, Suitmation. Uh, the team here did an equally amazing job of establishing how huge this fucking creature is. I know it's like 300-something feet tall, something like that, in its final form. Uh, from head to tail, uh, he's 333 meters long, which is uh, taller than uh, the Godzilla from uh, the 2014 uh, Legendary film, but still a bit shorter than the one from uh, King of the Monsters. Yeah, the which King is of, still King, no mean feat. 
No, yeah, because Kingdom Monsters got a little bit of a hype boost. Uh, but yeah, and like the way and they do like, dude, the fact that it has like really shallow eyes, like a killer whale, it's terrifying. And then you you combine those teeth, and 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 Justin and you can go listen to the watch along too. Justin said this. There's like no personality to this Godzilla. It's it's almost machine like, but like it's also. Like very animal like, or it's just it's like one thing, one thing only must move forward. Yeah, pretty much. Like this isn't the uh, this isn't the jovial Godzilla that uh, throws random fucking drop kicks anywhere. No, I think nah, be- this is like uh, this is a non-thinking animal here. No, like and and there are moments where it'll just stop, and it's and it's just fro. It's seemingly frozen in time. Even that shit is terrifying. Um, like, and there are times you'll hear roar, but like, and that shit's scary, but it uses like the classic old Godzilla roars. Like, I think it uses like, it uses a 54 roar, 85 roar. It, I think it uses pretty much all like the roars you hear uh, throughout the years. It's just a nice little touch. Um, they pretty much exhausted the entire sound file. Pretty much. Um, but like in that final form, when it's looking at you, like no, you can't see its eyes. It's, oh my God. It's, it's legit terrifying uh so let's talk about the next big thing which is the fact of how he does his atomic breath um uh, i want to i want to get your opinions tyler because this is it's crazy how like widely loved this is but of like despite how different this is from any other godzilla movie and like how much it Maybe not on an i like on a, on an idea front changes Godzilla, but from a design standpoint, changes Godzilla. Oh yeah, uh, this is definitely uh, the most radically different Godzilla uh, design that we've seen so far, and that couldn't be any more apparent than uh, in the scene where he fires his atomic breath, not just from his mouth, uh, although it's pretty unsettling when his. Uh, when his entire jaw unhinges and you just see the rim, reams of his mouth just tear open. Like, it's it's definitely graphic. But uh, the one thing that we haven't seen before is that he also shoots atomic lasers from his fins. Which is also kind of cool, but also really fucking terrifying. Yeah, that like that scene of him... So, like, and as Tyler said, like, the U.S. bombers... Like, at first, the, the terrifying part... Is that when the the Japanese government attacks Godzilla, nothing affects it. It things literally bounce off on it, and it I can't like you can like you could laugh at that, dude. I was like, what the fuck? Like, cause normally Godzilla in past movies will will reflect off that, like he'll go ah, or like he'll roll back or something. This one just stands still. It's almost like this Godzilla. That this is the closest like Godzilla has like serial serial killer status where like nothing affects it it doesn't even give a shit no um but um, for, i guess it just depends on the the capacity as you said the bombs from the U, from the US uh, they stay they drop on it and like uh the gushing of the blood and everything but man that scene where he destroys tokyo like we've seen him wreck tokyo before right that's nothing new for us but like when he opens his mouth and it basically opens like his jaw opens up like number one that's like horror horror um, nightmare fuel right there, but like how he it, it starts off as a as a beam of I'm assuming it's radiation of concentrated beam of radiation that kind of goes through the city and then you just see Tokyo on fire. It's a, like they really paint the picture of it's beautiful destruction and the music that plays with it like there's some kind of angelic chanting it's like they're in the presence of a god and they're witnessing destruction at the hands of god yeah it's definitely some, it's definitely a thinker right there yeah it's like it like i honestly had to like pause the movie the first time i saw this and be like holy fucking shit and the crazy thing is there's no other monsters in this movie there's, there's, there's no act. There's like the, all the action is coming from all the drama is coming from the humans and what Godzilla does. But like, if you're expecting a brawl, like or another monster show, uh, uh-uh. uh. Number one, I don't think any monster could take on this version of Godzilla, anyways. But not by a long shot. No. So, 
Oh man. So let's let's talk about the ending for him and then we'll kind of talk I and then we'll, we'll kind of like talk about like the the plan to stop Godzilla. Because this is, this is imperative design. So um the throughout the movie they kind of theorize that Godzilla is a being that could continuously evolve. Like they they probe out a theory that um you know, if Godzilla could sprout wings, obviously this creature started on on Wonder Water, now it's on land and spotlessly formed. What's to stop it from basically becoming having a becoming a winged creature? You know, like it could go anywhere at that point. And so they stop Godzilla successfully. We'll go into the plan and we'll give our thoughts on the plan in a moment. Um, but the ending of the movie is sort of like where people like kind of tend to lose their shit. So Godzilla is in. Let's just put it. He's in a spot. And it zooms in. You notice his tail. The first thing you'll notice is the tail. It seemed it seemingly coming apart. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Um, and then you zoom in, and all of a sudden you see these like humanoid creatures, seemingly like frozen in time, crawl like being born out of his out of his tail with his Godzilla like fins on it and like one eye. It looks like, um, and the movie just ends. That's it. Yeah, that's that's really a really unsettling ending right there. Yeah, and so basically, uh, and they said this like in interviews and stuff like that. So like that's basically got Shin Godzilla's fifth form, um, and that the the director I think it's Hideki who said this like well, he basically said if they took a committee to defeat Godzilla, Godzilla will become the committee, and obviously there's no. I don't know if they're going to do a sequel. Hideki Anno is currently doing Shin Ultraman, and then he's also doing Shin Kamen Rider, currently living the Japanese nerd life right now, getting to direct three of like Japan's most iconic popular characters. So who knows if we're going to get an answer? I don't honestly don't honestly don't want one. I like that there. It's just there. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool that uh, they don't have a follow up for this. It's also kind of disappointing, but you know it's whatever. Like, uh, it's for now. It just leaves you to think of what could have been. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's just the nature of that. This is an evolving creature, and you just the rest is in your imagination. And it's such an unsettling ending because you think they won, and say technically they did, but oh, God, it's it's straight up like horror movie right at that moment like the killer's not really dead is it is is it but they're frozen so are they alive were they getting out like as he was like being frozen because you never see the tail close up like that so like what's it's really weird but it's 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 so fucking genius like it's it's like fuck that's so that's such a good idea Okay. It kind of reminds me of uh, Envy's true form in the Full Metal Alchemist, where he's the big monster with uh, people sprouting out of him. Yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah. So if God, yeah, remember, kids, um, you can't stop Godzilla. There is no stopping Godzilla. Godzilla just is. Um. So let's talk real quick before we wrap up. Let's talk about the Yaguchi plan. So like how they stop Godzilla, and I want to get your thoughts on it because. This is the goofiest part of the movie. Um, yeah. So, uh, basically, uh, all obviously conventional weapons are failing to stop Godzilla. So, uh, Yaguchi pretty much proposes to, like, well, Godzilla must, uh, or one of his cohorts suggests that Godzilla must be, like, a nuclear reactor because of all the radiation that's going on. So, the proposal is to basically use, I guess, like a, it's a, like a coagulant. To basically freeze his blood from the inside, and to basically freeze him from the inside, and you know to slow down his furnace so he can't move, because obviously he needs that energy to move, like something that massive has to has to have it. So, um, and it looks like they don't even get their shot because, of course, we, we know the U.S. pulls their like we're gonna just drop a fucking bomb on y'all trick. Uh, but they manage to get them. They manage to convince. Uh, uh, sorry. Um, Kyoko manages to convince France, the Fran- the French diplomat, uh, or I think it's the prime minister who does it. The French, the the French liaisons to basically um, have them delay the uh, the vote to bomb Japan, which thank God that happened. 
Um, and it's pretty much a race to finish the coagulant, and that's all kind of like that's interesting in the tense in the concept of the movie. Not really interesting to go into details over here, but dude, I won't lie. As an action sequence, like I never thought seeing trains and like if you would have told me I would be excited about trains hurting Godzilla. Number one, trains get their fucking revenge in this movie after years of getting bullied by Godzilla. They get their fucking revenge. Oh. They've been training for this day. God damn it! You said it on the fucking show. Now you're saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Double. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, it is. So um, basically, the idea is to lure use trains to lure Godzilla to a certain part and to bomb two buildings, two, like, Japanese, the Tokyo Solace buildings, and to basically trap him down and then, op- and through his mouth, inject the coagulant. Dude, it's a super... Like, it's obviously the most far-fetched thing about this movie, besides Godzilla itself. But, man, that action sequence... That whole final act is so fucking thrilling. Yeah, it's a really fun action sequence, uh... Despite how uh, it just looks like uh, Godzilla is getting a dental checkup in uh, about the end of it, yeah, a little bit. But like they play like the sixty, like a movie, like a theme that's similar to like probably from the sixties or seventies, like very triumphant. Um, like, but God, it, it's it's amazing to me, like how they flipped God- the Godzilla story on its head. Like normally at this point, oh, you're in a fight, but no, it is a fight, but. It's it's humanity basically executing on all cylinders. Not to mention, Yaguchi gives like the hypest uh, fuck speech before the battle, which is even which makes it even better. Like that made me wanna. I think that moment sets up for how awesome the rest of the following like ten minutes are. The last ten minutes are. Yeah, man. That def. It's definitely a good lead in for uh, what we see. Yeah, like seriously. Um... <sighs> I, th- I honestly think that's why, like, this movie resonates for some people. Because a lot of people who watch this movie... Because, again, this was not distributed in, like, worldwide. Like, so this was not in American theaters. Uh, we eventually... We got a Blu-ray release, and you can still buy it. It's, like, 10 bucks on Amazon. So, it's a it's definitely a worth, uh, like, a, a buy. But it was, like... We didn't get a theatrical release. God, I would have loved to have seen this in the theater. Oh, my God. Um, that would have been an experience. I think there was a limited release for us here. Probably for, like, Funimations. Like, they do that for, like, some Jap- like some of the, the licenses they, they own for the dubs. So, uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, but, like, it's, honestly, it should have been, like, a worldwide release. Maybe Toho just didn't have confidence or that the world was ready. Uh, this, this movie was actually nominated at the Japanese Oscars and won Best Picture, by the way. Um, which... Nice. Most Godzilla movies you wouldn't put up for, dude. I guarantee you, if this, this honestly, like, if it, I'll, I'll just say this right now. Maybe this is bias coming against me, but if this movie goes up against, uh, like, in in that year, twenty sixteen, if you put that this movie in the Oscars, like the camp, like the twenty for 2017, this movie wins hands down. Like, it's such an amazing craft. Yeah, like not even like best foreign film, like just best film. Like, it's such, it's a, it's literally, like, there are so many good, like, different camera angles, dynamics. Like, it makes often, like, boring shit, like, the meetings and stuff and the political commentary stuff, interesting and engaging. And, like, it it constantly keeps the pace moving. It's a miracle this movie worked as well as it did. Yeah, it could have easily sucked, uh, given how, uh... Godzilla movies uh, reputations tend to go right, but they they really cared about their craft in this one, yeah. and uh, it really shines through. Yeah, from everything. And when, we, when Tyler says the craft, like from like I said, the sound team to the design team to the actors to like the cinematographer, everything was cared for. Like everything was like tip top shape. It unlike like Final Wars is like to compare it to Final Wars, since that was the last movie before it. That was the most different Godzilla at the time. Not necessarily for the best reasons, but like here, it's also completely different to what we've seen before, before Final Wars, and it's it's except it's good. It proves that you can experiment and still be successful. Um, so let's talk about the political stuff, and then we'll we'll, we'll go ahead and call it on the episode. I honestly think they did a great job of establishing, um, what this movie was about. And even though we're foreigners, we don't you know you and I don't have an understanding understanding of the japanese government i don't know how they're they're kind of like how accurate this is i do think they did a great job of not this is simplifying it but showing why people would be frustrated at the government 
but also showing how the Japanese government probably, like, in some ways works in terms of it. And I never felt lost while, um, while watching the movie. Yeah, uh, the first 20 minutes definitely sells it. Uh, pretty much uh, building up uh, Godzilla and uh, the Japanese government uh, scrambling to figure out how to deal with this. And uh, from that point on, you're just hooked. Like, you're immediately on for the ride, and, uh, yeah, you pretty much just follow it every second of the way. Yeah, and I know we established the whole, you know, the the, the, the tsunami and the, and the Fukushima accident. You don't need to know that going into the movie. You know, you it, it, it like, it, it think it gives you kind of a context to why they're poking, they're, they're, they're making the, the satire at the Japanese government. But at the same time, you don't need to know that going into the going to this movie. It's it's completely just like understanding, like okay, this is where they this is where like that raw inspiration came from because of the 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 uh, the Japanese people's frustration with their with their government response in terms of how uh, a disaster was going, which you and I can both understand, considering we were both trapped in snow less than two months ago, and our government's response was pretty much yeah, like, pretty much your SOL. Um, so yeah. Um, Tyler, let's go ahead and get out of here, man, uh, and close and put the close the barn on this show. Let's give this a star rating, and I think I know what you and I stars is going to be, but I'm curious, Tyler, what do you give Shin Godzilla? This is probably a first for the show. Uh, I think I might have uh, given this rating uh, for Godzilla vs. Megalon because of how dumb I am. <laughs> I'm going to give this a five stars out of five. Uh, this is definitely uh, the most. Uh, this is definitely the most uh, cared for and thought-provoking Godzilla film that I've ever seen. Uh, and uh, prior to doing the show, uh, I actually uh, watched Shin Godzilla for the first time uh, roughly uh, a year ago at the time of this recording. And uh, even back then, with no prior knowledge to uh, all the older Godzilla films, uh, with the exception of maybe a few of them, it still resonates with me on uh, how accurate it is. Like, the pandemic was just getting started, and the government had no idea what the fuck they were doing, and we were all just kind of scrambling and just trying to, you know, just go through the motions. And uh, watching this movie just, I don't know, just struck a chord. And, uh, of course, the, the designs for Godzilla are great. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I I like to pop this in every once in a while. Yeah, I'm also gonna give it a five out of five. I think it's the best Godzilla movie ever made. Um, from a it, 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 especially from a film perspective, because there I think there are certain Godzilla movies I would watch more, like Godzilla vs Mechagodzilla or some of the Heisei era stuff. But in terms of a movie, like from start to finish, acted well, good story, good premise, everything. I think this is like the best. Um, maybe the only other rival to it is 1954, which you can definitely tell that this takes def uh, this takes uh, uh, inspiration uh, from. Um, who know? Like who knows what to we don't like? I don't know if this will ever be topped. I don't know. I don't know. That, that's not, that's. I don't know if it'll ever be top, but you know, we can't we can't think about that now. Um, yeah, Hideki Anno and it, like and uh, and his partner um, really fucking hit it out of the park uh, with this. Um. Ah. Sorry, I'm just trying to like think and just just reflect on it. Even though we we saw this movie a couple weeks ago, I haven't seen it since then. Um. Uh. Shin, Shinji Higuchi. Um. That's, a, that's his partner's name. All right. Any other miss uh, facts that we uh that we missed, Tyler? That you want to go over before we close? I it? don't believe so. Okay. So yeah, if you haven't watched. If you haven't listened, like again, this is gonna go first and then the watch along. But um, uh, if you haven't watched this movie by now, watch it with us, and then or wa I would suggest watch it alone first and then watch it with us because you kind of I think you should absorb this movie. Um, but if you have, yeah, you wouldn't be able to take it seriously if you listen to our dumbasses over this. Yeah, so watch the movie and then come listen to the commentary with us, uh, and then watch it again. Um, that's gonna do it, guys, uh, for Atomic Shot. The doors are technically closed, but, um, we'll be back. Uh, there's, surprisingly, uh, two Godzilla movies that we still need to review. Or a Godzilla movie and a show that's coming out in June. Uh, 
Um, so we will review Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, Tyler still has not seen that yet? No? I have not, no. Uh, I still need to find a good time to go see it in theaters if we can. Okay. Um, and then, uh, that will happen when it happens, so just be patient on that, uh, but we will talk about it, because Lord knows I'm itching to fucking talk about it with Tyler. Um, it's, it's hard to not fucking post gifts on Twitter knowing he's gonna see it, I'm like, fuck! I can't, I can't do that because he's gonna see it, uh, but it's fine. Um, uh, and then, of course, in, it will, it will probably come back later, maybe in the, like, in the late summer after we've seen singular point because i don't know how we're going to talk about that if we're going to do the, like like episode by episode i will probably just do it in one one episode and then just talk about the whole series as a point okay yeah that sounds more feasible you know it's officially coming out in june at the time of this recording so that's good um but uh thank you all for listening again tyler and i will be back uh we'll we haven't said a lot of a name for it yet but we'll be back with uh, a, a show that will kind of replace this one um we'll be talking about franchises and movies uh, the next one we're going to be doing, of course, is the DC Animated Cinematic Universe, starting with uh, <laughs> Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox. It was me, Barry! <laughs> That's your... It was me, Barry. Um, I <laughs> I stole your Shin Godzilla Blu-ray, Barry. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're going to hear a lot of that. So we don't have a timetable when that'll start, but... We'll probably give some breathing room before we start that. Probably, I would say, sometime in May, early June, just to give Tyler some, just so I don't overwork Tyler for both editing this show and Charge Shot. Speaking of Charge Shot, we've moved times. Uh, you can check us now every live every Monday at twitchtv zero score at seven p.m. seven p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, where we talk about the news and gaming and the games we've been playing that week with me, Tyler, and, and Justin. I am officially. The head of a to- of a of not just Atomic Shot, but I'm also the head of Chart Shot. <gasps> head of Chart Shot now. And I'm the left arm. Yeah, he is the left arm. Justin's the right nut. <laughs> he's not. He's not gonna <laughs> listen to this, so I don't care. Um, if he does, I'll be surprised and happy. Hi, Justin. I love you. Um, thank you all for listening. It's been a pleasure to go on this journey with everybody, uh, and just to honestly, now I can say I've seen every Godzilla movie, so that's fucking awesome. Um, we will see you all next time. But until then, go, go, Godzilla. <laughs>